millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick, and Andy Murray from What Culture, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, pay-per-views, we have interviews, more roundtable discussions like this one, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Sidgwick and Andy and gents, we are gathered here today, never get tired of saying that now, <laughs> uh, to talk all about Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson in AEW. Now, I will say, at time of recording, it's not official. He hasn't shown up yet, but we are all assuming that we're heading in that direction. When? We'll talk about in a second. But first, Sidge, how are you feeling about all this? I know you're a huge Daniel Bryan fan, and what should we expect? I am a huge Daniel Bryan fan. I've told this story before. Permit me to tell it one more occasion. Um, I got married in September 2013, deep in Yesomania. And I wanted to go to WrestleMania 30. But I just thought, you know what? It's a pipe dream. We've just been on honeymoon. It would be very greedy to go to America like two consecutive years in a row. And basically, my wife got bored of me <laughs> with, within two weeks. It was like, oh, let's try for a baby. I was like, well... Hold the phone. <laughs> we said, like, we'd have, you know, a year or two, just doing nothing, really. Nice married couple mm -hmm. stuff, like, going out for meals, like, using all the disposable income. Ah, it's one baby. I was like, mm, not in the contract. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went back and forth, and I just threw this into the ether. And I was like, well, hang on, right. This is a demand from your side. This is a negotiation. <laughs> Here's a demand from my side. We will go earlier than intended if, if I get to go to New Orleans and watch Daniel Bryan be coronated as the man of WWE. And she was like, what, oh, another holiday in America? One wrestling show? I went, mm, two. <laughs> and um, because I'm the man of the relationship, I got knocked down back to one. <laughs> so I'm still on to the best one, WrestleMania 30. And I love Daniel Bryan that much. Yeah. He's one of the uh, all-time great professional wrestling performers. He's on my Mount Rushmore. An argument could be made that he is legitimately the best in-ring performer, not just of his generation, but of all time. He's certainly up there for me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm overjoyed by this news. CM Punk all but confirmed it, even though it was kind of known anyway. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I'm happy. Murray, you rate him as highly as I do as well. Yeah, I absolutely do. Uh, uh, unlike Michael Sidgwick, me and my partner, we have a no babies clause. Uh, <laughs> but if I was going to have a baby, I would want it to be as perfect in every way as Daniel Bryan is as a pro wrestler. He's a Mount Rushmore guy, I think. Uh, 
in, in terms of what he brings in the ring and everything else. Um, there's nothing the guy can't do. He can mesh with any style. He can work any different kind of match with any type of opponent. Um, so the, the, the question of what, what should we expect and, and everything else is almost hard to answer mm. because how on earth do you narrow it down? Daniel Bryan is going to excel in everything from 30-minute main events to three-minute openers. And he's going to love that, that short window of opportunity as much as he's going to love the main events as well. He can play a heel, he can play a face. He's Terry Funk-esque in his level of versatility. You can slot him in anywhere on the card. He's immediately going to be a benefit to that company. I don't think he's going to attract the same number of outside eyes as a CM Punk coming back Mm -hmm. for the first. I think there's more of a buzz and a hype and a a cult almost. Cult's the wrong word, but you know, that level of devotion towards Mm -hmm. CM Punk certainly exists to a degree with Brian, but perhaps not to the same extent, but he's a guy who's going to make, he's a vanguard. He lifts everything up. He makes everything around him look better. Even this year, you know, he's had great matches in the WrestleMania event to wrestling Cesaro on SmackDown in four minutes in what would otherwise be a nothing clash. But because Daniel Bryan's so good, every single second is must watch. It's, um, you know, the, the, the CM Punk and the Daniel Bryan signings are coups on different level. This, to me, is a surer bet between the ropes. And, uh, I mean, this AEW's about to sign one of the greatest wrestlers of all time at an age where he can still go. It, it's that simple. Let's talk about his debut, then, the reason why we're recording this now. Because I think the general presumption was it was going to be at the Arthur Ashe show for AEW, quite possibly, or in the, at least in the build-up yeah. to that. And now we are all assuming that it's going to go down this Sunday at All Out on pay-per-view. Tell me about that and tell me about why that maybe's changed from what we assumed initially. Yeah, it's it's been fun to follow all of the news on this story and the CM Punk story over the coming weeks. And honestly, I will actually be quite disappointed when he actually does <laughs> debut because tracking it has been so much fun. But it's been an evolving thing, like you say. I think it was, yeah, it was Body Slam's Cassidy Haynes. Shout out to Cassidy, nice guy, uh, who broke the original Arthur Ashe story and then came through with the All Out story as well. So... I, I, I think we'll see him at All Out. I really do. Um, I mean, look, come on. The guy uh, followed Cody, Tony Khan, all the boys on Twitter the other day. It's confirmation. It's proof. It's Twitter. That's <laughs> how it works. But yeah, I would at this stage be surprised if he wasn't at All Out. And I think the this isn't a report. This is just me speculating. I wonder if the volume of debuts we could be seeing in this company soon has maybe brought that forward. Because there is a need to space these things out. And when you've got guys like Adam Cole maybe waiting in the wings... You gotta, you gotta think about that. Plus, it's really starting to snowball now. He's like, you've had CM Punk's debut, and then he's announced he's going to be competing for the first time in what seven and a half years or something like that at All Out. Then you have Brian debut, and then he announces maybe he's going to have his first match at Arthur Ashe, and then, like you say, maybe it could be an Adam Cole next or something. It's, it's. I mean, in WWE's own words, it's a hell of momentum for for <laughs> AEW. Yes, absolutely. The Adam Cole news of the contract expiration seemed to follow, if I recall chronologically. Yeah. Um, reports which have now appeared to be confirmations that Daniel Bryan, Daniel, Bryan Danielson is signed, sealed, delivered. Um, it makes sense, therefore, if you've got Cole waiting in the wings to just debut him. Here's the thing. <sighs> Raw's numbers are steadily improving somewhat. There was a sense, and I think Dave Meltzer tracked this, that AEW Dynamite's demos were like breathing down Raw's neck. That appears to be more of a state of flux than these converging trends seem to indicate. But Monday night football season is rapidly approaching. Why not get Brian Danielson in now? 
why not get the buzz now? Why not following all out make AEW seem like even more white hot, like the biggest talking point of all of professional wrestling with Monday Night Football denting Raw's demos on the horizon to make it really seem like AEW's breathing down that goddamn neck of the Fed. And why do... I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway, especially as a fan of AEW, as you are, as you both are, really, as we all are. Um, why is he going to AEW, do you think? He wants the matches that loads of interviewers over the years have said, what do you want? And he's like, oh, well, I really want to work CMLL. I want to do a hair versus hair match. I really want to work New Japan Professional Wrestling. Like, I really want this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And the Forbidden Door, as Samoa Joe has helpfully pointed out in uh, WWE of late, has been slammed shut and will almost forever certainly be slammed shut. The idea of WWE collaborating with New Japan Pro Wrestling, as was horrifically rumored not too long ago, it was terrifying enough to make jokes about and worry about, even though it wasn't remotely viable. It's just not how they conduct business. Apparently, they made a half-hearted, apathetic approach with long, which, uh, long bone tone, completely bantered off the face of the planet in that famous uh, promo. And they made an approach, Nick Khan led, to yep. get the ear of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And when that was going on, Yuji Nagata was on Dynamite. Yeah, You know, it just wasn't ever going to happen. I think Brian Danielson's finally had an epiphany he wants to work wrestlers and styles that he just simply couldn't do in WWE. And to the man's immense credit, he tried. Did a fabulous little February 2020 program with Drew Gulak, which astonishingly enough was great. And it was not remotely in the WWE vein. Mm. It was just something that they allowed him to do to keep him happy. Unfortunately, whether they could do or not, or whether they were willing or not, they just weren't able to swing open that forbidden door to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Danielson's realized AEW's got that working agreement. I can remain stateside. We know he's a family guy, and that's his priority right now. So he doesn't want to go full-time in New Japan. This allows him to fulfill long-held professional ambitions while at the same time be mostly yeah. resident in the States so he can be the family man, the doting family man that he is. We've talked a fair bit, you and I, off air about Adam Cole and this is no slight on him but the amount he's going to be able to command in terms of potentially playing these companies off against each other like yeah. he's a hot commodity who's required is it for you Andy you know less not less about the money as compared to Adam Cole but money's not really the issue here for for, for Daniel Bryan is it or Brian Danielson as I should yeah. I could, should start calling him <laughs> to get used to it American be Dragon yeah there we be go because like Sidge said it's about the schedule and it's about the matches yeah. that he wants to do. And it also speaks volumes that WWE, to a certain extent, attempted to, to establish this relationship, which has yeah. been unheard of for, for quite some time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like any human being who has to live and provide, and not like Daniel Bryan struggling for pennies or anything, but I'm sure he, he definitely went into both sets of negotiations and went, hey, they've offered me this, you give me this. Mm. Um, but yeah, he does strike me as a guy who at this stage in his career, what's he, 40 years? How's, 40 years old. How's he so young? Like, <laughs> Daniel, I've been watching this guy wrestle for about 17 years. How's he only 40? But like, he strikes me as a guy who, after all this time in the world's biggest promotion and all the glitz and glamour that that brings, would like to get back to the pure craft of what he wants to do. And this is demonstrated in the matches with Drew Gulak and in the matches, the short matches with like Cesaro, even matches with like heavy machinery on the pay-per-view a few years ago, that triple threat match they had. You, you watch this guy try and like cram little bits and pieces of his craft into everything he does. He's not the kind of guy who looks at the script, follows it by the T. He'll follow 
follow it, but he's going to make it his own. He'll have increased freedom to do that in, in AEW and as Sidgwick just touched upon, the New Japan relationship really is key. That was reported several times over. Um, he wants to have the opportunity to go to New Japan and, and do things over there. Uh, he'll be able to theoretically do everything. He could go to AAA and do some Lucha Libre if he wants, because <laughs> there's that working relationship as well. He's going to have an incomparable level of freedom than he would have in WWE. And uh, yeah, he strikes me as a guy, as a man, this stage in his career, maybe that's the priority over, hey, Give me an extra, I don't know, 50 grand on this paycheck, brother. This is a guy as well, lest we forget, he loved working the long forgotten but fondly remembered Saturday Morning Slam. Yeah. In daft little three-minute comedy matches. Like, AEW can provide that for him if he wants to scratch that itch. He could work Orange Cassidy, he could work mm. the wingmen. Like, it's just he's a guy who's so versatile and he loves the full range and expression of professional wrestling and he's leaving the company that doesn't even acknowledge itself as professional wrestling. So <laughs> it's kind of a no-brainer. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Well, let's get into dream matches then. I've no doubt that you and I will sit down and talk more about this once it's official, once he's there in the ring. But for now, I think I know which one he's going to be going for. So just <laughs> steer away from that one. Uh, for you, Andy, who are the potential dream matches in AW or, like you say, with the Forbidden Door being opened up yeah. elsewhere? So I'm going to steer away from the sexy ones, the big name ones, the stars and everything else. 2.0, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, Luther. Because uh, they're all going to be tremendous, right? It's Daniel Bryan. Come on. But... Something I'm really excited about, and he will be excited about as well, knowing what we do from his career, is watching him work with these younger up-and-coming talents who uh, aren't as far along in their development curve and everything else, but 
he might see him as like someone they've looked up to or whatever else and some people that he sees he can help bring along the line a little bit so there are obviously bigger matches headlining matches and everything else but i would love to see this guy work with your daniel garcia's yes your wheeler utah's you know it's this is david bixenspan i think pointed this out first but it's kind of funny how you know at the time these uh daniel bryan rumors started intensifying that all these young hot up-and-coming technicians started appearing on aew shows uh lee moriarty is another guy who's been on dark but hasn't been back in the company since then i'm just really excited to see what he can do with these younger guys and drag them along jungle boy i think is a really interesting one um he had an interview earlier this week uh where he was talking about what he's learned from christian and in terms of like adding layers of detail to imagine how he'd previously thought of wrestling it's just moves uh, and what he's learning about layout and stuff as well and I mean, Christian is like a master of laying out matches and everything else, even now that he's 47 years old. And the way he builds drama in the ring is, is expert level. Daniel Bryan's on that tier as well. And, you know, no disrespect to Christian's craft. I think that's his biggest strength. But Daniel Bryan's Mount Rushmore guy, like we said before. I'm super excited to see what he can do with these younger people's younger peoples, <laughs> younger guys, uh, and bring them forward. But look, he, he could kill it in a singles match with, I don't know, Peter Avalon as well. And it'd be a lot of fun. Um, I've given the hipster answer. Michael Sidgwick, give the real answer. I'll give the real answer. But first, I do love that pitch because if there's one thing missing from the self-styled buffet, that is AEW. It's like really strong, pure technical pro wrestling which makes me think of like, if we get Brian Danielson as opposed to Daniel Bryan in that company, it'll be absolutely tremendous. Yeah. I love the idea of him working Garcia because we get Lucha with the Lucha Brothers. We get like really hop rolling with Moxley and Kingston. Um, we get like really state of the art, just ridiculous athleticism with the young bucks. Um, there's a huge range in AEW, but the one thing from inception, you get classic American drama with MGF, Cody and Jericho. The one thing we've really missed is like pure technical professional wrestling. And obviously Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson is a hugely versatile performer. This guy got an observer award named after him yeah. because <laughs> it was so great at technical pro wrestling. I'd love to see more of that folded into dynamite. But again, Bryan Danielson is one of the all time in ring master craftsmen, total geniuses. You ring that bell, ring, ding, 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 and it's absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. I knew it. I broke him. A bit of an aside, which... We've, don't explain it. Don't explain it. Okay. We've been trying to pop each other with a crazy frog. <laughs> don't know why. We're two absolute daft idiots. You've but you my reference now. But you put him in there with anyone. Yeah. And it's absolutely phenomenal. I've got two. Two king names. And like a total mark, I've been fantasy booking Brian Danielson countering the v-trigger mm -hmm. with a single leg crab for forever mm. brian danielson is so great as a storyteller he would be phenomenal at leveraging our knowledge of his head injuries and folding that into a match with kenny omega where ordinarily kenny omega and this is a brilliant storytelling tactic for me it plays in it was video game psychology but he spams v-triggers and it's awesome because it really puts the guy in a position of peril no one yet has built a match around doing literally, literally everything possible to avoid taking it. Brian Danielson is such a great counter-professional wrestler that he could work a match that means more than simply absorbing these triggers to the head. And when Kenny Omega finally starts to rain them down, it'll make them feel all the more harrowing because he's done so much to put them over mm. the threat of the V-triggers by like avoiding them. Like Danielson versus Omega would be one of the best matches in the history of North American professional wrestling. 
of which I've got no doubt. But Danielson, for me, his biggest strength, we talk about his versatility a lot, his biggest strength is his ability to emotionally pull people into his matches in the 21st century, no less, when we're not as earnest, we don't really get into the emotion of pro wrestling, it's advanced as a technical craft. His ability to elicit emotion from people is absolutely next level. Tanahashi, Bret Hart level. We saw it at WrestleMania 35. Me and Murray were like miserable, cold bastards watching a 12-hour show <laughs> for much of WrestleMania 35. We were popping our tits off for Daniel Kingston because it was unbelievable. It was just so great. And we were miles away, and it felt like we were front row. That's how intimate the mm. drama is. If you got, get a guy who was so incredible at playing babyface, at fighting from underneath, at, like, trying to get everything in a match, MGF is the ideal opponent. Yeah. And MGF is such an arsehole of a heel character. Can you imagine, like, a full arena, white hot, full of people chanting, you're going to get your head kicked in at MGF particularly that guy, because he'd be able to get so much sympathy on Danielson's behalf. That would be proper babyface versus heel pro wrestling magic. So for me, Omega and MJF are the key Danielson dream matches. Yeah, I think that's a selection of, of those. And, and like we did with CM Punk, we did an entire podcast of dream matches. And I might as well just have loaded up the AW roster page and even <laughs> yeah. more so arguably than CM Punk in terms of getting a great match out of someone. You can just... Slide it up and go, right, but Sammy yeah. Guevara, yeah, that'd be a great match as well, or whoever it may be. Like, Danielson Orange Cassidy would be an absolutely incredibly funny match. Yeah. I'd like to see what he could do with one of these young powerhouses. Imagine him and powerhouse Hobbs, how mm. much fun that could be, man. Just him and Ricky Starks. I haven't thought about yeah. Ricky Starks. Oh, my days. Kook, there you go. One of these hot young technicians. Hey. Rising up the ranks. But can you remember, absolutely technical. This is a rhetorical question because, of course, you do, but you remember Danielson... Daniel Bryan versus Santino Morella. Mm, yes. One of the all-time <laughs> great three minutes in WWE pro wrestling history. They can build a main event duration match with Danielson and Orange Cassidy. It would be absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Do you, a quick question about that, just in terms of the title picture. Do you think, this is probably an entire, entirely separate podcast in itself, but are you concerned at all that it may set, uh, ruin, not ruin, but affect the lineage of the title. You and I have sat here and said, right, so you go Omega to Page to maybe MJF to... Like, do you think these new arrivals may affect that or do you think that's just something that they're going to have to work work with because it's your embarrassment of riches now? I mean, I've used this analogy before. It's a selection headache. It's like having Messi and Ronaldo on the same team. Like, how do you accommodate both to their absolute strengths? Um, how do you fold in Punk and Danielson at the exact same time as Hangman Page is on like this like epic two-year arc. Yeah. I don't know the answer to these questions. Luckily, I do not have to book the answers to these questions. It would be a real goddamn shame if in the process of recruiting Danielson and Punk, something of core value in AEW has been lost. I mm. don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're going to keep faith with Hangman. I think he's still the man to dethrone the belt collector. But Christ, it's, they do a really good job of balancing the ranking system with the grudge feud. You've, like, just to use one example of that, MJF and Chris Jericho remain stars, demo drawing stars on television. Neither of them have sniffed the world title picture in, like, a full calendar year. Yeah. They're really good at doing stuff like that. So I've got faith in the process. But at the same time, you want to get Punk and Danielson on telly a lot. You want them to wrestle a lot. 
with Punk in particular, and I know that's sort of on a um, tangent here, with Punk in particular, the last thing you want to do is present Punk. And he said himself he's going to be there all the time. But the last thing you want to do is present him as sort of a, a virtual part-time figure just because of the accusations of hypocrisy mm, that you yeah. draw. But you don't want to beat him either. So you have to put him on telly and you have to have him win. But at the same time, those wins matter. They'll rack up in the count and you don't want to step on pages. Look, it's not for me to answer or to book these solutions, but it is a problem. It's a luxurious problem, but there is a problem. Yeah. Well, we'll come back to, to Punk in a second. Yes. I've got another question to ask you about that. But, you know, we've got CM Punk already there. Brian Danielson, assuming, assuming we're, uh, he's heading to AEW. Yeah. Adam Cole, again. We've talked a lot about the large roster that they already have and the fact that they probably don't need to sign anyone else new for quite some time. But... Yeah, will these signings convince more wrestlers to, to go to AEW, do you think? I mean, it can't help but do that, surely, if, yeah. if you've given the option yeah. that of these people who've been with WWE, let's say obviously for Punk, but have been with WWE for so long and they want to try out these new pastures and it isn't just necessarily because the grass appears to be greener, it quite, quite clearly yeah. is on occasion. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it definitely will. Um, Daniel Bryan's legacy, I think speaks for itself uh inside wwe and outside uh he was obviously the most critically celebrated figure in the great ring of honor run of the mid 2000s and a lot of wrestlers who are coming through today who are maybe in their mid to late 20s uh will have gone back to that stuff or maybe even lived through it and seen that guy as an inspiration i think like if you're like a daniel garcia or who's always talking about like the most obscure joshi and everything <laughs> deep, deep level wrestling nerd stuff that a lot of us love, but doesn't get the same level of exposure. If you're a guy like that and you really care about your craft, you're going to want to work with Daniel Bryan, right? You're going to want to get in the ring with that guy and test yourself against him and learn from him and everything else. And Punk is that guy as well, but on a completely different level. Um, he is like an iconic figure of this whole movement from the pipe bomb, the, the the concerns he echoed that night, which, you know, it's lazy to say that that caused AEW to exist, but there's <laughs> definitely like a narrative through line. Mm between that promo and his what he stands for and the formation of the promotion in the first place um he in particular is going to be a lot of people's favorite wrestler when they were growing up so i definitely think so there's always going to be a, like a large contingent of young wrestlers whose end goal is wwe um particularly like people coming through now who are maybe in their late teens and everything else like WWE might be all they know because it's, it's had like a monopoly. Ben Carter, for example. Yeah, exactly. Like it's been a monopoly for so long, and that's what they're interested. That's what they want. They want to be the what a big theater kind of popcorn style pro wrestling TV star. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But when you see these iconic figures, and they both are iconic figures to certain generations of wrestlers, it's absolutely going to convince more people. Hey, Danielson's there. I'm going there. Final question, and it sort of relates to that in terms of the the, the legacy of both of these wrestlers. Uh, one thing you've expressed concern, I think it's fair to say, about with regards to Brian Danielson uh, debuting at All Out when Punk's having his first match with with Darby Allen is could CM Punk overshadow him? It's a strange one. This I expect my following concern to be totally dissolved when you hear the pop that Danielson gets at All Out when he presumably challenges Kenny Omega at the end of the show? I, I don't know. It's fascinating. It's exciting. Through how brilliant CM Punk's debut was, how remember that uh, Sean Ross Sapp tweet? 
Fightful Select has learned that CM Punk has entered negotiations for a return to wrestling. From the second that dropped to the first dance, that entire month was so much fun. It was the best. The teasers, the anticipation, the fantasy booking that that generated and cultivated. It was a magical time to be a professional wrestling fan. It was so magical, in fact, the word of mouth, the viral marketing campaign was so exquisite that it sold out a house. It got a monster of a rating. All of which converged to present CM Punk as essentially Michael Jordan. <laughs> I know that was the on-the-nose comparison we were invited to make, but it made him feel like the biggest goddamn deal. They basically distilled seven years of that anticipation, that hope, that longing, that bargaining almost, mm. that he might one day come back in one month of just, oh, this is awesome because he's got the reassurance that it actually is happening. But I think Punk himself said that 1% of doubt. I can't help but put this over for minutes on end whenever the question's posed to me. And that just underscores how genius this was. In relation, it looks like Brian Danielson's simply going to get a surprise pop. Yeah. That conveys a message to me, the viewer, that AEW doesn't quite see him on the same level as a CM Punk. And that's accurate. Daniel Bryan didn't have this iconoclastic myth built around him by being the one wrestler who would never come back and also being the one wrestler you really wanted to come back. Mm. The wrestler who you knew had unfinished business, but he was finished, you know? They, to me, from the way these debuts of A happened and B look set to happen, are presenting Danielson as just a notch below punk. I think that's a fair assessment. Mm -hmm. Will that impact on people's perception of Danielson as it regards to ratings and all the rest of it in terms of star power? Who the hell knows? I expect to be made a fool of when the pop just completely embarrasses this opinion. But for me, I just think Punk looks to be the guy who's going to be on top of those cards more than Danielson is. And there's a risk given Danielson's total selflessness, his on-record total lack of ambition. Maybe Daniel Danielson just wants to have a dick about with Daniel Garcia. Yeah. Punk's like, no, I want to, you know, be the needle-moving draw that I knew I could be and they never let me be. Maybe Danielson's like, oh, he can do that. I really want to work Orange Cassidy in 12 minutes on a Rampage main event because <laughs> I think it will be fun. Um, that's my only concern about Danielson and AEW is that he's so goddamn talented and so amazing and so iconic and he might be happy to just let Punk have the spotlight. Mm. And as I said, yeah. he can only push so many people in prominent positions at once. We've seen this before with Jericho and Omega in 2019. Le Champion had to be the tippy-top guy in order for him to resonate as a tippy-top guy. Kenny Omega had to take a backseat. In the process, when Kenny Omega took that backseat, everyone was like, oh, he's not that big a star. Yeah. Like, of course he isn't. Yeah. He's deliberately nestling himself in that upper mid card because you can't present that many stars at once. Otherwise, they don't resonate as stars. They become normalized. Might Danielson willingly become that guy for a year? Does that fail to capitalize on this buzz? Is all of it a little bit too much too soon, too good to be true? Who the hell knows? Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing with, with Brian Danielson is that I would call him the most talented utility player of all time because he will be quite happy. He, he probably wants to wrestle on dark and elevation. Yes. He probably wants to have those little five-minute squashes with local talent and everything else. Um, and that will lead to the usual bad faith discussions online about, oh, he's not being pushed as a main eventer. All of this That's stuff. exactly what they sound like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that, that that is a real concern. But I think for me, at the end of the day, he's 
too good to be denied in a way. I think that he has a level of devotion with the audience that's maybe not as what's the right word I'm looking for here is as frenzied almost as mm. like the level of devotion that punk inspires after seven years away and as an icon of this movement. But there is an extremely high level of devotion with this guy. A lot of people who watch AEW will have been following his career since its inception and since his early days in Ring of Honor and everything else. Um, I think that he has a ridiculous amount of cachet with these people. And I think that he will be just fine because I think on the night when you get to this moment, the lights dim, whatever else happens, the music comes on. I don't know what music they're going to use. Flight of the Valkyries is obviously public domain, but if you're going to use the final countdown, those license fees are probably a little prohibitive, brother. So you might need to get another crazy frog in yeah. to do a remix. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, man. Ring-a-ding-ding. Ring-a-ding-ding-ding. Ding. to an hour's worth of the crazy frog a day because Andy Murray has perfected this legitimately wacky <laughs> character in the what culture office almost. I love him. But it's a lot of crazy frog. It's not a character, brother. I just love the crazy frog. Um, but yes, uh, <laughs> I've lost my train of thought here. But when that music hits and ring ding, <laughs> ring a ding ding, <laughs> shut up, <laughs> ring a ding ding ding. When that music hits in the building, and Brian Danielson yes. comes out. The pop is going to be tremendous. <laughs> We're all going to wet ourselves again. <laughs> and uh, I'm about to go on Discogs and search for crazy frog vinyl. So. Thanks for joining our wrestling podcast, Should guys. We, when we get downstairs, Google if Crazy Frog ever did the final countdown. Oh, absolutely. Christ's sake. Well, it's not going to be the final countdown. Like, the rights fees are yeah. disgusting for that. Yeah. Flight of the Valkyries. Yeah, and it's yeah. got one of the all-time stings. Yeah. Ring, ding, ding. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Lots to look forward to regarding Daniel Bryan. Brian Danielson in AEW. What do you think we should expect? Uh, let us know in the comments section below. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts as we head towards All Out this weekend, of course. Plus, you can let us know your thoughts and Twitter questions on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there, follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. You can follow Andy Murray at... You can follow me at Andy H. Murray. The H stands for... I haven't written one down. Happy birthday, Tony Nice, at the bottom of this list. So that was like two months ago. Good ending. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. But for now, my thanks to Michael Cedric, to Andy Murray, to the Crazy Frog, and to you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.